Welcome to Take Me to the Cloud, a place for business professionals to hear insights and best practices from industry experts that combine cloud systems, operations, supply chain, and finance. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining this episode of Take Me to the Cloud. I am your host, Melissa Holton, and this episode is hosted by our intern, Mars, on Headless Commerce. Let's take a listen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Take Me to the Cloud podcast. My name is Mars, and I'm a consulting intern with the management consulting team here at Witham. Today, I'm here with Wally and Melanie for a podcast on headless commerce. So Wally and Melanie, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Melanie Saunders. I'm a consultant with Witham. I have a background in development, UX, UI, and I love helping customers support and grow and just level up their business. I'm passionate about it. Nice. I'm Wally Mercus. I lead a cloud practice here. Essentially, four areas of the practice that, that go across between product strategy and innovation, technology strategy, and uh, why are you here and what simple tasks and tools we can add on to systems that will help you. So looking forward to the conversation today, Mars. Great, thank you so much. Now, we all know that headless commerce is rapidly growing. Many consumers are purchasing things online, and this means that businesses now need to pay more attention to their online storefronts and e-commerce website. Whenever there needs to be a change to the website, marketers often need to meet with developers who must edit layers and layers of code to customize the site. Now, with rapidly changing trends, traditional e-commerce may not be flexible or efficient enough. So this is where headless commerce comes in. So, Melanie, could you give us a little bit more about headless commerce? Sure. I'll just get a little technical, um, but headless commerce is basically the separation of the front part and the back part of your store or e-commerce platform. It uses an application programming interface, an API, and it creates a platform that's easy to edit on the front end, but carries the weight of the site on the back end. Um, it's usually tailored for a really, really good mobile experience as well, which is very crucial in today's world. It's definitely just, it's the way of the future. Wow, that's super interesting. So Wally, moving from a technical perspective to a more business perspective, could you talk more about the problems headless commerce would solve and what types of companies would benefit from being headless? Yeah, excellent. Um, you know, if I think of, it's, it's really about experience and, and Melanie kind of bridged that a little bit. It's all about the customer experience and driving that. So most of our customers always talk about omni-channel. The reality is very rarely hit an omni-channel, a true omni-channel experience. They get to multi-channel or single channels in, you know, in, in lines, but it's very hard to get to that true, in Melanie's world, customer experience uh, side. So uh, that's one, is getting as close to that as you can uh, is certainly easier in a wide open and to, to Melanie's words, API, uh, than it is in a templated version uh, where all is alike and uh, the same. So to me, that's one. Front-end customization, again, comes back to that, the ability to customize that front-end to make it uh, drive that experience. Again, it's the same thing, only said differently. But remember, people have different reasons for doing this. And in a data-driven world that we're in, we might use Google Analytics and it'll say, hey, the red button performs better than the blue button. Or if it performs better when the cart follows the user all the way down, et cetera. These things come from our analytics 
And without the ability to change a template, um, it makes it very difficult to then enhance the user experience and ultimately create conversions. And I'd be remiss on the business side to talk about the reality is all of these things lead to more conversions and more conversions in theory leads to more revenues, et cetera, and driving that customer behavior. As we change the customer behavior and they and we we drive around their experience, what's happening is they too in turn are telling their friends who are telling their friends. And as you look at this space, if you're in, in the B2B world or the B2C world, we talk about B2C, we talk about Amazon-esque. We used to talk about Apple-esque because everybody loved the Apple website that Amazon yeah. came from <laughs> and everybody loved the Amazon website. It's all these things uh, that we talk about on the consumer side. And on the B2B side, even more so, as you will see industries go toward uh, their annual uh, conferences and they're talking about what are you doing in the space? And that'll be the last part is cost savings, which is going to seem weird to bring up as a business driver, but it really is in the end. At first, you're going to go through and do it and you're going to have to have a team like Melanie, who's a, a UX person, but you're going to have a team. You're going to have somebody who's on the development side and you're building all these things out. Once it, once it is built, the ongoing maintenance of that is less than if you are trying to drive changes and data-driven changes, which we're seeing in the marketplace. So we're actually seeing an ongoing maintenance or consumption of talent to be reduced in this space versus you know, a Shopify template or a big commerce template type, type account where I've got this ongoing investment in maintenance. So those are the reasons, Mars, as I as I kind of walk through on the business side. Great. Thanks, Wally. So as we talk more about customizations, um, Melanie, could you talk about how exactly headless commerce works? Yeah, sure. Um, so back to what Wally said, it definitely can be some short-term pain and it can seem kind of overwhelming to start because you will see that you know, there are going to be different people on the back end teams to set that up initially, different people on the front end. And so it could be like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I thought this was easy, but it's getting there. And then the maintenance is absolutely easy afterwards. So um, but basically the back end needs to be set up all the data, inventory, payment information, subscriptions, all the important functions of the site where data is stored is totally separate from the front part. Uh, so the front the part that's presented to your customer is referred to as the head. They converse back and forth through an API, but there's less worry of breaking things if you want to update something on the front end um, or misusing data or someone accessing data that you don't really want them to access. You don't need those things in order to have your customer experience and have your site be good and be consumer friendly. Um, so it takes a lot of the, the worry and the weight of that away from away from it. Yep, totally. And I we talked about some benefits of headless commerce a little bit in the beginning, but Melanie, could you talk about some of the benefits from like a more technical perspective? Yeah, for sure. Um I feel a lot uh like a, a lot of the benefits of it is just like how in control the business and user can feel when it comes to designing their site and the experience for their user. No one knows their customers better than the business that's serving them. Um, We've learned in the past few years, technology can change and we can end up relying on it a lot. Um, a headless storefront that has a great mobile experience is a game changer for a business. People can literally buy with the click of a button in their device. 
but they can do it in a way that's simple. There's no going back and forth. There's no, the forms are made correctly. Um, the buttons are there and they're done properly. There's a nice cart. The images are nice, um, which all goes into like the load times of the websites are generally much faster as well because the data is stored in the back end. So when your site is faster, you got better search engine optimization, which means you're higher on Google, which means there's more people going to your store. Uh, you don't have that lag from the back portion where all the data is stored generally. Um, we actually talked about it on a previous podcast, but and Wally actually touched on it a little while ago, but headless commerce is probably the way, but it's definitely a great way to go if the business is hoping to go omni-channel someday. Absolutely for multi-channel, but it will eliminate so many of the headaches and it's so easy to tailor for international purchases, shipping and shopping in general after your initial setup. Great. Thanks, Melanie. And of course, as Melanie mentioned, moving to a headless architecture is very beneficial for businesses. But Wally, who exactly is headless commerce the right fit for? You know, it continues to evolve. Um, I think that's an excellent question and one that we're, we, we continue to struggle. So as we go in and do assessments to understand what a client might need, for example, you're seeing a blurring or a mudding of the waters as big commerce and Shopify and others are now coming out with their own version of headless. Before, yeah. you know, you buy a Shopify, Shopify site and it was purely a template. Now they are all coming and they understand the benefit of going that API driven approach and allowing still a framework to build so that all the all the technology framework is there, but but allowing more openness there. So I'll answer your question this way. If I were lighting up something brand new and I needed it up and running and it needed to be up and running this weekend, uh, then I still think the benefit of a 1995 Shopify site is still there for that very early stage, early going. There's You're not going to get away from templates. GoDaddy is offering all sorts of different things up and running in a weekend, et cetera. That's not what this is. For organizations that have truly sort of moved on and they are now delivering and selling, they've got an idea, they've probably done the template thing up front, or they are coming from experience, meaning I know that this product is going to sell and I'm well-funded and I've got backing, then I might go straight to headless. Other, so, so that would be one area. And then in terms of industries across the board, all industries, manufacturers, um, wholesale distributors, single product engineering, sales, et cetera. And the more complex the sales and the more driven around the UX side or the user experience, especially around manufacturing, make to order, et cetera, then the more benefit you're gonna see and realize out of the headless commerce. So that's how I just sort of describe it. Templates are not going away. They're cheap, they're fast, they're quick, and they get me up and running and moving. And then the headless is when I actually put my feet on the ground and I say, I got something here and I'm gonna try and make it work. That's how and I temp- sort of differentiate that. Templates are also a great way to learn too. Like there's definitely growth from the template to headless. I feel like a lot of people do start with that Shopify template and they're like, oh gosh, my business is doing way better. And then, but they've already got that background. So yeah, there definitely is a, still a place for templates, but it's such a good like stepping stone to headless. Hey, Melanie, you know, what's interesting with that is as we start to think, and I let you collect your thoughts here a little bit as I kind of go go in a different direction a little bit. But if you think of the customer we just did a little mini assessment for, right? They're broken. They come to us right now. They're already on Sweet Commerce Advanced, which is the NetSuite uh, commerce product. 
They are struggling. They have multiple sites. They are struggling to go live. They've gone live and we're going to go into a recovery situation. And we did a quick little assessment that took you less than an hour and you used a few tools uh, on there. So just think about that a little bit. Just comment just quickly on what we did within an hour and we're able to provide like five or six paragraphs of some quick wins. Just talk a little bit about that in the assessment side. Yeah, for sure. So we just, I used Google Lighthouse, um, but I also threw some of the code into VS Code because I do have the developer background. And we could just see, it, even in some of the NetSuite guides, like tags that they weren't supposed to have in there were there. The accessibility was not great, which is also another huge thing. Time for another podcast. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, the like the images were loading slow, like all of their code is in the same place. And we were getting loading times of over 3000 when it's supposed to be between 100 and 300 is optimal. And this site had just been redone, I believe. Like it's it should have been efficient and it truly was not. And yeah, we just used some simple tools to just look through that and... Yeah. I, I think it could have been avoided. Me, yeah, I think the key there for me was hearing you sort of say how quick and easy, like what's important is that some of the tools that exist out there already are tools that we're going to be able to use in the headless space as well. Yes. And as headless catches up and the marketplace gets there, if I think of some of the other things like a Magento product, for example, there are code snippets all over the web for Magento, for example. And as headless starts to pick up and headless, NetSuite, headless, you know, uh, Intact, Headless, Microsoft, et cetera, as all these different backends start to pick up, you're going to start getting more and more of the marketplace providing framework. Hey, if you're looking for a rollover, look at this code. If you're looking for this, do there, et cetera. And all of these things, including the assessment, uh, will will get easier and easier um, to as, as we move forward. And if we think about what Witham does, we come in and we'll do an assessment for you really take a look under the hood and try to come up with ways for you to fix some of these things. And we work with you, not always for you, meaning it's not always a billable event. And this event that Melanie spoke about, we provided that uh, as an introduction to see if we could help before we even start billing. And I think that's an important differentiator on understanding how these tools can be working and how you might work with, with them. So Mars, I think I stole part of your, <laughs> your question. I apologize, but... I'm going to flip it back to you before we uh, say goodbye on this podcast. Yeah, no worries. But yes, thank you so much, Melanie and Wally, for giving us all the insights about headless commerce, you know, how with them can help and coming onto this podcast. We really hope that our listeners get to learn a little bit more about headless. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Mars. Thank you, Mars. You've been listening to Take Me to the Cloud. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted of new episodes. For more information, visit witham.com.